Hey guys, my name's James. My name's Corwin. And welcome my to it. My name's Chris Paul. Oh, uh, wow. you... James Paul. Oh, I, oh, I already ruined it. <laughs> and welcome to this movie's gay. And welcome to this movie's gay. Thanks. Uh, you can give your name again uh, just because James ruined it and interrupted well, uh, you. Because I was, Corwin loves the theatrics, but when he introduces our guests, it's as if he has never been on the stage one day in his life. <laughs> Can I introduce our guest? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know Please. him for his work on movies, feature films such as The Edge of Seventeen, The Revenant, Interstellar. These blue blocking glasses make it very hard for me to read anything because it's, I wrote in red, so it's you very it difficult. The Christmas Chronicle 2 and... As a co-writer, co-producer, and star of Summerland, we have Chris Ball. Woo! Woo! Chris Ball is here. How Hello. are you? Hello. I'm I'm great. I I'm super excited for this, you guys. It's really funny how this how this panned out, Corwin, because I think I I think I tweeted you back when we released Summerland in like September or October, and yeah. then. Yeah, and I didn't. Th- I didn't think it went anywhere. I mean, I was tweeting everybody. I was tweeting like celebrities that I was following. I was tweeting podcasts <laughs> that I like, and uh, and I tweeted you to watch the movie. And you were like, you're like, yeah, we'll get around to it. And I was like, they're not gonna get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then my friend sent me, and then my friend sent me this podcast. And was like, dude, there's this podcast that's talking about Summerland. Have you seen it? And sure enough, you guys, you guys watched it. Like. I think like a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. It just took us a minute to get around to it because we had like a schedule of movies already and like guests yeah. and we we're just like, okay. And then half of those didn't even pan out. So like we could have just done the movie and yeah. it's, it's fine. It's been pandemic times. It it's a new it, format for us. And we're down to two a month, like every other week opposed to a year ago, we were every single week. Yeah. I had to see James and deal with his antics every single week. Sometimes My multiple God. times a week, like My depending God. on the week. Yeah, it was so much. I just have to. I just have to say, James. The, the actually the only reason I agreed to go on this podcast was to co- tell you that in the hotly debated topic of my package in the movie. I had to come on and just set the record straight and just tell you that it is, in fact, just disappointingly average. It's just the underwear. And when we when we released the movie, there was a a hot, hot debate between everybody of which vegetable I was stuffing my underwear with, whether it was like a mini cucumber or a zucchini. And I'm here to tell you, it's disappointingly average. Thank you for all natural tires. Yeah, thank you for pumping my tires, but I just wanted to squash that right away. <laughs> and we know you aren't pumping that deedle because it's hefty, it's natural, and they're on the screen for people to see in underwear, in underwear. Yeah, that is that's the curse of the Andrew Christian underwear. It just it does wonders. <laughs> Let me tell you. Now, Corwin, now you know what we're getting James for Christmas, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. I need more underwear. Oh God! I still have underwear from high school that I wear. Oh, <laughs> they're like, clean. Like fruit of the loom. <laughs> and, uh, it's just like normal, like boxer brief. Yeah, checkered, Is- <laughs> checkered boxers. Yeah, I don't like spending money. So, and when I did, like, I bought underwear maybe like a year or two ago, 
it, it's just there's no room for my unit. Yeah, no, and for it, sure. I, and gonna, I don't even have. Well, well the, the gay underwear will help you with that, Okay. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, as, as soon as you were like, hey, I'd be interested, I was like, let me DM him because as soon as he gets on the show, it's either not going to be brought up at all or <laughs> the first thing we talk about is going to be James talking about your package. 100%. Um, That's why I'm here. I feel like every <laughs> single movie that I make a note or one time Nicole made note of someone in the movie of their endowedness or their breasts of like a laser focus one thing on a very short like frame those people always listen to the show and they're like hey uh thanks i guess for saying that yeah james it's one way to get people on the podcast hey You know, it would make me feel good to say that you're the first person that James has just talked about their package on the podcast, but you're not. You're not. Oh, God, no. I'm so sorry. And hopefully not the last. Hopefully not not the last. Jay, and it's it's funny because people are like, oh, Corwin, you're a slut. And I'm like, okay, yes, I am. And then I'm not the one talking about people's packages on the podcast. It doesn't make sense. I guess I need to do better is what I'm hearing from myself. I think maybe because like... Uh, I'm not like, a, I mean, am I objectifying? But like, because I am straight, <laughs> it doesn't sound as slutty. Like if you were lusting after someone's penal unit, they would be like, wow, okay, slow down. But me just casually remarking on someone's chiseled figure, <laughs> I think it's slightly so, different. Yeah. So, you know, you know, what's funny is like, I, so, um, I, I did an interview where I mentioned that like, I, I, I resisted the urge, the actor's urge to like get into really good shape for the role. And the reason was, and this is a true story is like, at the time I was like, I felt that I did kind of feel the pressure. I was like, I got to work out. I got to be super skinny. Right. All this stuff, like all those kind of pressures from the gay community that Corwin, I'm sure you can relate to. And, uh, and but my boyfriend at the time was like, well, don't like this movie is all about breaking stereotypes. Like you should just you should just be yourself because you're like you're basically playing yourself in this movie. Like you should go you should go against all that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm going to I'm going to make a statement and fight the stereotype. And like I thought this was a good thing. Like I still think it is a good thing. But th- I caught a little bit of flack on Twitter online because somebody was like, he's not even in that bad of shape. Like, what is he talking about? Like, he thinks he's a hero for like not not working out for the role when in reality he's super handsome and looks really good in underwear. And I was like, this is not going the direction that I wanted it to. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I, I th- I'm trying to like do something good here. I was just playing like my normal average bodied person. And uh, I, I, at that point, I kind of just had to stop looking at Twitter and then James commented on my package and now I'm on the podcast talking about it. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, full circle. It's fine. Corwin, Sean What's Penn. Up? Oh my God, that Deedle. Now he'll be on the show. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice segment. Good segue. Good segue to milk. Well, well, I, actually, I should have, I should have waited because I have a, I do have something to comment on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As Corwin said, I don't know if it was during the podcast recording or not today that I don't recognize chat. However, I looked <laughs> at chat last night after the stream was done and they fucking love me. 
I now am a champion of chat. I still will not look at you because then I won't be in the moment like you guys want me to be. It would be bad for chat if I was looking at you. However, now I recognize you as an entity during these recordings instead of just shoving you to the back of a closet as, you know, like, I don't know, mushrooms to get high on. Wow. (laughs) Because now that's actually what they are. I'll look later and get high on them. Chat typically loves you. Whenever I do my normal streams, uh, there are a few people that are like, hey, did you tell James that thing? And I'm like, not yet, because I hate him. But not really. (laughs) Um, It's mostly about eating potato salad on buns. Hell yes. The amount of times that's been brought up to me. Uh, Yes. I need an emote or something for it at this point, really. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I... I don't know what else I was going to say prior, but Chris, thank you for for taking the time to like, you know, be here and talk to us. Knowing that James has objectified you in that sense. And also that was what I was going to talk about. The, the, the thing, I think a lot of the like people seeing like average body types and being like, they're not average is like the confidence that you have whenever you're like portraying that, like, or whatever you're like, you know, living in your own skin, like, there are people that are definitely not what the gay community would see as the average or thin. And if that person is just like confident, like a lot of it can be like skewed, I guess. Confidence just does a lot. Is, is yeah, my, like my one, one, 100%. Like my average body type in the movie, like when I was younger, when I was like, 17 18 like i was not seen as like a skinny twink in the gay community like it's really it's it's our community is horrible for that <laughs> uh-huh 100 percent. and yeah. uh yeah that's that's a wonderful point and we need to talk about that in future episodes with Heck other yeah. movies that deal with that obviously yeah. what's up james well like body image it it should all be like from you like how you feel about yourself so me i think my body's fucking disgusting and i wish i could change (laughs) i think you look great you look great you look great you look great babe i wish i could see with your guys's eyes corwin next time i see you i'm gonna take out them eyes we'll swap and then i don't know i don't want your eyes james why (laughs) Because they're filthy. Too much dis- blue light damage, apparently. Too much blue light damage. There That's- actually is. Yeah. 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 I mean, my glasses have the the filter on them, but, like, you don't see it. It's not just, like, red glasses. They just, you know, it's got the thing there. I need a heavy and duty. And Corwin's hair is so beautiful. Aw, thank you, Dalai Lama. Whoa, the Dalai Lama's in the chat? They're friends with Beastie Boys MCA. <laughs> um, it's it's an era in real life friend of mine from college. So let's, uh, did you have any, anything else that you'd like to say, Chris? Anything, no. anything to add no, on top cool. of this? I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump into it. I'm sure everything, everything will, everything will go 100% as planned. I'm sure that's a joke. <laughs> um, it won't. It's cool. We'll just go with it. We'll go with the flow and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, so this week we, uh, have the the privilege of talking to to Chris Ball about a movie that he cares about a lot, and I I do too. And we just haven't had an opportunity to do it on the podcast yet. Uh, we did the movie Milk about the politician Harvey Milk, and like all guests, Chris, we're gonna put you on the spot and say, Hey, can you give us a quick synopsis of this movie? 
Yeah, hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, Milk is about the first openly gay elected official in San Francisco named Harvey Milk. And uh, his campaign in office, his life leading up to his assassination in 1978, which it's, it's about so much more, though. I mean, there's, uh, there's it, it, Harvey Milk really started the gay rights movement. When we think about a movement, when we think about, you know, when we think about marching in the streets for marriage equality and things like that in recent years, it goes all the way back to this. A lot of people are familiar with Stonewall. Stonewall definitely definitely kicked it off in in a certain way, but Harvey Milk is in kind of what brought it to mainstream audiences. He was the first elected uh, gay official, and uh, really kind of just put it on the map and got people to think about it in in terms of in public office in a way that affects teachers and policemen and firemen, not just uh, not just people rioting on the streets. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful quick synopsis, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. I cannot think explanation of who Harvey Milk is. So the reason that we haven't done this so far is that I have always been like a little afraid to jump into the the historical movies because I mean I'm knowledgeable about gay history to an extent, but like yeah. uh, you know, when people come and ask me questions, I'm like, oh let me Google, please. Um so yeah. you came out with dates right away. Wow. Very yeah, uh, well, I, uh, I should also add, so I, I worked on a TV show called When We Rise by mm-hmm. Dustin Lance Black, who wrote Milk and directed by Gus Van Sant, who directed Milk. And this, the TV show was about the gay rights movement in the 70s. It was basically Milk as a miniseries. And so it was through that. I had never even seen Milk before I worked on the show. And it was through that, that and, and working with Cleve Jones who is played oh, wow. by Emil Hirsch in the movie. So I really kind of got like a front like a front row seat to the history of the movement and that's kind of really what sparks my my love for not only the movement but but and also the movie Milk. So yeah, so like gay history, that's my it's my jam. So I'm I, that's why I'm, I'm really excited that you that you wanted to do the film. And I I love showing the movie to straight people. <laughs> I don't mean like or just anybody, what? not just straight people, but but anybody. Yeah. Cuz it's so it's always like it's it's the perfect movie to really show like hey like this is this is the gay rights movement this is like this is what people had to go through in a way that's like in a story that's told just so well and so it's like the you know you have like RuPaul's Drag Race on one end of the spectrum and then I really honestly think like <laughs> Milk is on the opposite end of the spectrum like you gotta you know what I mean like just like this is kind of the 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 history and the real kind of the raw story and character of it so James. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. I was engaged <laughs> opposed to, you know, last last week's or yesterday's episode. No, I really enjoyed it. It's a movie that I've always wanted and have been interested in seeing. So I'm glad we finally did this. And uh, it was one that it's like, wow, I can't believe we haven't done that. But our first year was mainly just us on Tubi TV finding indie gay movies. And yeah. that is why... It's taken us a while to start doing these blockbusters. Yeah, uh, Vampire Boys, uh, all the eating, eating outs, out, yeah, uh, uh, Dino Stud. You know, something. <laughs> there was a, a musical about Jesus. It was not a musical. It was. It says, "Hey, this is a musical," and it's not until like an hour and fifteen in it before we get our first song. It was Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it was. I was, yeah. I couldn't yeah, so remember guys, what it was you guys called. Are doing, you guys are doing. You guys have been doing like the hidden, the hidden gems, and like Summerland, and it's only yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on your first like inaugural like 
was it like Oscar winner won the bet one for best screenplay and Sean Penn uh, won for best actor. Yeah, we've just started getting into those. Really, I mean, we watched Paris is Burning uh, a few weeks how ago. Was that, how was that? I before watching it for the podcast, I'd seen most of it anyway because that's also like huge gay history, and it was great being able to do an episode on it. Um, and we had a, one of our friends TC do the episode which was which was wonderful. We also did Brokeback Mountain and <laughs> what other big ones have we done? I mean, we watched Love Simon like last year. Uh probably our our biggest one is uh, Nicole and I's favorite, Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror. Oh my Terror. god, that is not the biggest movie. That was like our third movie we watched. We started because James wanted to see horror movies that were gay and I was like, yeah. okay, well, horror is a very like Horror is a, a genre that has a lot of queer tones to it, but not necessarily all of them are going to be explicitly queer. Uh, so we like we went to those and moved on to the you know hidden gems and uh, yeah. threw in a few other ones. Uh, like Pride is the closest one we've done that is similar to Milk, and um, mm-hmm. that it shows uh, some of the gay rights movements. Well, uh, and the history, the history in England. Is- the history is so important because like when you know when so many when so many kids i say i say kids i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not even that old i'm only 30 but kids that like are, are, kids that are watching like rupaul's and, and uh, you know when they see like all these references to all these old queens from the 70s and 80s and, and a lot of them don't you know don't maybe don't have any idea of the history that's why it's so important luckily now there's like lots of great shows like it's a sin um mm-hmm. it's really good it's a lot of great history paris is burning there's a lot of these movies that are coming out that are starting to go back in time and and kind of explore that history but milk was kind of the the one of the first at least that really told that history and kind of got some buzz i wouldn't say it was a blockbuster but you know i like got got some oscar buzz it was kind of one of the i think one of the first at least in at least in my generation so i mean it was a it's a beautifully made film uh it's got a lot of big actors and it tells an important story so i mean i think you're 100 percent right and it came out in 2008 so yeah. like it 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 did a lot i think overall for queer film and telling queer stories which is you know whatever you suggested that like i thought you were going to suggest another hidden gem or something and be like let's do this movie or like something that you were involved in and stuff which would have been amazing yeah. but as soon as you said well, milk i was like wow yeah, yeah and, first, well, and you remember you remember at first i suggested uh i suggested a gay horror movie that i actually produced but mm-hmm. then i was like i was like nah like they've already done something that i that i did and and milk is very near and dear to my heart so i'm, I'm really glad i'm really ha- glad we got to we got to jump into it so yeah so how how does it work what was it like what was your favorite part What's your favorite yeah. part, Jane? That's what I want to know. Uh, let's normally we just like get into notes. Uh, yeah, can yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, do that. Yeah, do, do that. Uh, then. Okay, do that so then, yeah. first, I don't know if this was the cops or reporters, whatever. Fuck these assholes for filming <laughs> these raids. It, it, like, and people had to obviously like they don't want their faces being seen because then they're outed to their families. It's just number one assholery of like, hey, hey, we're gonna do all this for you don't need to do that. This isn't fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you're like, hey, I'm gonna be going around and then uh-oh, Leatherface is here. No. Just yeah. uh, did you notice that some of their eyes were blacked out? Yeah, or like in in the footage. So that, that's all. Yeah, it's all real footage too. That's, oh, that's in the film. And so, so their yeah, so their eyes were blacked out because those were like public officials or maybe they were cops too. A lot of cops were even you know at these underground bars and firemen and and stuff like that. And these are all people that of course would have lost their jobs if they were outed at the time. Damn. 
That fucking yeah. blows. Also, I really do like a line that Harvey Milk said. Speaking of firefighters, he was talking to Brolin. I don't know names. Dan White? Yes, Dan talking White. to Dan White. And Dan goes, oh, you, you don't like cops? And he's like, oh, they don't like me. Firefighters, they're the real heroes. And I think in our cop-obsessed United States that firefighters are constantly the butt of all jokes in these cop shows. And why aren't there, as like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think they're the correct pivot they should have done just without any comment, make all of them firefighters, and it is now a firefighter sitcom. It would have been funny. I would love to see a spinoff. I would love to see like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine type show about about firefighters. Yeah. That would be awesome. And Patton Oswalt's already canonically is a firefighter right yeah 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 in the show or or even like emts there was a show uh that oh, yeah. was set in chicago that was filmed in chicago too scrubs? partially scrubs? Uh, not scrubs uh that was emts they were like ambulance drivers and things i know the show you're talking about i, can't I just remember can't what it's called because uh, scrubs scrubs was good too scrubs yeah. was a great show yeah. yeah so like you know pivot to one of those yeah, but I mean, what Harvey was saying, like a lot of the in queer history, uh, queer people and police have not gotten along. Wait, wait, police not haven't gotten all. along with a minority right? group? I'm right? so shocked. Right? So like, you know, they're ass- <laughs> like they're the biggest yeah. assholes in, in the world. It. It's yeah. got to be acknowledged. It's got to be said. Yeah. Uh, it's not yeah. Chicago. F- oh, there is Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire exists. Oh yeah, no, th- uh, those shows are garbage, though. Those shows are like. <laughs> <laughs> those shows are like <laughs> We're talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need a good sitcom with firefighters. Also, firefighters. I think I hate to say this. I'm sure. I'm sure there's gonna be many people that are police, policemen and women that give me flack for this. But firefighters are typically a lot hotter. Like you know, when you think of <laughs> when you think of like the the gay calendar, you don't really think about the policeman calendar. It's usually firefighters because they've got the pole, they got the hoses. It's a much sexier job. Yeah, I think I, I think I heard someone make a joke about that. Actually, that they're like, "Why aren't there like police calendars?" And it's someone said that, "Oh, it's because you'd have to hide their like racist tattoos. Why <laughs> 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 they don't exist?" Yeah. Uh, so, ooh, ooh. Uh, well, it's also ooh. like you know, a gun. It's kind of heavy. You don't need a lot of muscle to pick that up but like a hose that is firing out many pressures Fully per second charged, yeah yeah squirting blowing water at somebody yeah, yeah like that's like that's hot you yeah. need those muscles <laughs> to tame yeah. that wild floppy beast yeah firefighters well, and, and, you know, and, and you watch you watch a movie you watch a movie like milk and it's it's it doesn't really bastardize police it's it literally just shows like like all that footage it's all real like yeah. i thought it did a great i thought it did a great job of like you know, like, first of all, I, I, I hate the kind of all cops are bastards kind of thing. There's obviously so much more nuance that needs to be had in the conversation. Movies like Milk don't go one way or the other. It's just it's historical facts. That's all it is. It's not making any any generalizations or conclusions. It's just showing you the facts and, and showing you what happened. And um, and I, I thought the, I thought the film obviously did a great did a great job of that. Yeah, they didn't take anything and try to be like, oh, no, it's this. They literally just showed us real footage. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and, and when so that like, happens, yeah. it's like, there's no argument. You can't do anything. You're yeah. just like, oh, fuck, this happened. We're This movie's heavy. Like, we're in for it. That's but, when the, the people are like, oh, well, it was the times. And it's like, well, those times are now. Like, this wasn't that long ago. Hello? 
Those yeah. people are still alive, all of them. Yeah. Like well, they were living through that. Yeah, and like luckily, I, the way the way I try to explain it is like you know people are like, oh, I can't believe that like that happened so long ago. I'm so glad the times are better. It's like t- times are argu- arguably arguably better. Like I mean, police actually do help solve the crime when some when a gay person is murdered now is in the 70s as milk pointed out like they just did they did fuck all but um it so it has gotten better but actually the way that i look at it is now instead of all those battles being fought underground where like you've just got these like shaky cam footage from you know from the bars being raided and you don't know who is who's involved there's definitely less battles but those battles are now just fought in the public like really, yeah. I, that's the really that's the, I think that's the big that's the big difference. Well, uh, certainly there is a lot less police brutality against the LGBT community, at least in uh, at least in major cities. And, and again, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. But I think that now those battles are just being fought out in the public sphere is really the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, because marriage has been legalized in the United States uh, nationally, like, you know, there's no longer that excuse for cops to like raid gay bars and things like that um so it it is all going up to battles with your representatives um who are still like literally to this day trying to take away rights for uh minorities across the board Mm -hmm. like you know they they see these movies and they're like "Mm, that's fake or uh try to you know put their own religion or their own viewpoints onto uh the masses for no reason yeah James, did you have anything to say on that? Or did you have any more notes? Uh, yeah, I'll keep going with notes. Keep going. It wouldn't be an episode without talking about mic technique. Um, Milk is eating that microphone in these like interview pieces and it does not have a windscreen on it. Like he, he can put it a little bit. There's, I get it. Like people weren't used to recording devices back then. But I see that. And I really, a, a great thing is in Mindhunter there is a scene where like like someone is eating the mic and another person's like, hey, you can actually just uh, put that off to the side. It's going to pick up everything in the room. I was like, oh, my God. Thank you so much, Mindhunter, for letting people know this. I love how this is the hill that James is going to die on. Like, this it, is the- <laughs> you, you don't even you don't even, We had an entire ass conversation yesterday about it and he's still going to keep on. It's going to be the rest of my life. The rest of my life. Mic technique. Chill. <laughs> Also, another thing about me, whipped cream on the face, like the you see uh, James Franco, I believe, do that to uh, Harvey Milk. Uh, don't mm-hmm. do that, guys. It's you're gonna have to take a shower. You can't just like <laughs> wipe that off. It's sticky. But it's cute, James. It's cute and romantic. Oh, James unless... doesn't like food touching him no. or touching food or anything like that. Uh huh. I would bring him the, he, he lived near a bakery. So I'd bring him every time I went to his apartment to record, I would bring him like croissants and stuff and he would take out a fork and a knife and just like, <laughs> and a plate. Oh, and you, a gotta, plate. you gotta get your hands in there, bro. Oh no. <laughs> no. It's James's worst nightmare. I want to make a movie that is all of James's worst nightmares. Bad mic technique, yeah. touching food, food on your face. What else? Well, at least, at least James is very sanitary. Right? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's, 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 time. that's, wonderful you should set this movie in the basement of 19 of 1492 havana street in grand rapids michigan where uh some very bad stuff happened to me as a child oh no james (laughs) i wouldn't i would never watch the movie like i still have nightmares and then luckily 
I've realized what those nightmares are about. I mean, also not luckily. It's good that I don't have them anymore and I don't wake up screaming, but it's bad that it happened. But off from that. um, uh, Off from James's trauma that he loves to bring up live on podcasts, but not in person. Well, yeah, uh, that's just weird. <laughs> I, I need to monetize my trauma, Corwin. <laughs> if they can make us rich, uh, this is not a direct quote, but this is pretty much what uh, most old rich white men say is if they if this group of people can make us rich, I'll say they deserve to be alive because in there, there's a quick scene where. A bunch of gays go into a bar of of someone who was like, hey, we don't want your kind around here. And then, of course, like once they pack the bar, he's like, hey, you like us now? And it just sucks that that has to, like money has such a hold on people. That Harvey Milk like packed the, the neighborhood with gay men in certain businesses that supported queer people as opposed to the businesses that did not well, and like made sure no one shopped there. Yeah. You know, money talks apparently yeah. in America. And there's, yeah. Businesses that were businesses that didn't support, um, that didn't support the gays, they would boycott them. And then mm-hmm. the, those businesses would go out of business. But there was, uh, there were a couple places where they, they didn't always do that too. Like, even though like the guy who ran the liquor store across the street would, did not like them and he was an asshole, but hard to make a point. So he actually, he still packed, or he would still pack the bar or the or the business sometimes even even though he knew they didn't they didn't like him just to just, almost like a almost like a power move you mm-hmm. know like a, mm-hmm. a, a fle- you know a power flex to be like look like I like I I've got this many people in your bar I can I can shut it down any anytime <laughs> I want kind of thing yeah and uh and and yeah it was it was it was a, I, I I love I love that point it's not a it's not a bad point because I mean it's it's like that's that shit still exists today right it's like well it's like you know, you've got politicians that uh, that will that will bend to the mercy of like who you know who get them the most votes or the most or mm-hmm. or the most money. And and you got to remember, at the time, people didn't know that gays were that big in the population. Like people thought it was like you know people thought it was it was a rare, it was a mutation, it was this weird thing back then, right? A- this is before AIDS. This is before so like to do that was also Harvey Milk's way of showing you like look at how many of us there are. In a way to be like, you know, like you can't, you know, you like you can't run from us. It's like, you know, like, like we could be your brother. We could be your sister. We could be anything. It was, it was very much a power move. And and he knew what he was doing. He was a very good politician that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it got brought up towards the end of the movie, too, with him talking to the mayor and being like, hey, you want to you're up for reelection. You want to win? Uh, I can make sure you don't. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he exactly, the mayor's like, yeah. you got. You know, you just sounded like Mayor Daly or um, I don't remember who else he said, but uh, like these people that, you know, have this political power. And it's like this openly gay man, one of the first in political office is has that kind of power. Um, so that's why I feel the movie like sets you up to to show how, you know, how shocking it was that he was assassinated and how like how much that sort of hurts everyone really mm-hmm. because he was so supportive of you know uh gay rights movement um but also was collaborating with other communities as well so you know yeah and he and he, and he wasn't perfect you know he, yeah. he wasn't he was still he was still very much a politician he had to give like any politician he still had to give sacrifices and compromise here like to try you know in, in favor of in favor of his movement and for mm-hmm. as as you would call it back then his people and so 
he and the movie did a great job of showing that that he you know he wasn't you know he he wasn't perfect like sometimes you know he had to like he had to make those kind of power moves those and act like a politician in many ways but it was all for it was all for the good of the good of the movement yeah which uh, i did want to bring up like this is like a serious subject not my normal goofs uh (laughs) when i when you like see some like older gays that you're like oh the they're going to be on the same page as us and like all political stuff. And then you like hear them do kind of like some really like fucked Republican views. And you're like, wow, what? What? You, you had to live a progressive life just by living, unfortunately. And why do you think that? But uh, this movie, I think kind of demonstrated why, because Harvey Milk had to be like, Hey, I will back you. Will you back me? And then the other politician is like, only if you can get all the gays on my side for this thought or this bill or this law. And it's like then he had to go say like, hey, guys, we all, I guess, believe this. And maybe that's why I don't know. This is something that I don't think any of us could really comment on because of our age. Uh, We got to get someone who's like 50 plus on Sunday. No, I mean that that goes into how like politics and just like uh views in general um everything is like intersectional like so because I am a you know white gay man that doesn't change that I'm white so I still have the privilege from that. So, you know, whenever you're talking about things like that, you also have to take into consideration the person's uh, ethnicity, Mm -hmm. their socioeconomic background, what class they are. Because, like, you know, people that are super wealthy are going to be a lot different than we are. Yeah. Um, And their their views are going to be a lot different. Um, So just because, like, I'm gay, I'm not going to have the same views as, like, you know, some rich, rich gay white man in, in Manhattan. Um, it's just not going to be like the same. Yeah. And, and also, um, and also just because you're have one sexuality doesn't necessarily mean that you have to follow all of those political leanings. Mm -hmm. Uh, you just, just because you're a gay man doesn't mean you have to follow all of the, all of the liberal leanings. I know it's, it's always really funny. I'm, uh, I'm obviously very, I'm very liberal. I mean, you can tell, you can tell by my shirt, it's colorful, it's fun. <laughs> and, <laughs> but what's, but what's, what's funny is like, uh, when the issue of like, when the issue of like guns come up, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like I, I, I like guns. Like I think I, I think I should, be, I should be able to own guns. People are like, what? But you're a liberal and you're gay. And it's like, well, yeah, but like, I like shooting guns. Like it's, you know what I mean? There's so many little things here and there that like, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you one example. I was in LA uh, close to election night 2016, and I walked by a bar, a gay bar, and they had a big sign that said Twinks for Trump. And I was yep. like, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was, I was mind blown, utterly baffled. Mm-hmm. But, it, but, it, but again, like, and chances are, like, it, it, when you when you talk to these people or you talk to these twinks for Trump, and they explain their background, maybe it's their family background, where they grew up, and why they have those political leanings, you're kind of like, okay, that makes like that makes sense. There's so much more nuance, you know that that I think we get stuck with branding people like, Oh, if, if you're this, you therefore have to be this. If you're old, you have to be, have this kind of political leaning. And when, when at Corwin, as you said, there's so many other factors. Uh, the important thing is just to take the, take the 10 minutes, not even take the five minutes just to talk to that person. And chances are you'll completely understand where they come from and why they think those things. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I should have preface it of like, I've heard like some older gays be, on like civil rights issues, be on like the wrong side, and I'm like, what? How? 
totally. I, that yeah. I don't it's, understand. What yeah. are you talking yeah. about? Or, you know, yeah. like, uh, I guess, like, if, you know, class status of uh, also being, like, so against, like, poverty and stuff. And, uh, I mean, everyone should be against poverty. I mean, like, against poor people, I should say. Well, and a, a good example in the movie when he when uh, Harvey Milk's trying to get an endorsement from the uh, from the newspaper and the head of the it was the I think it was the ad the San Francisco Advocate yeah uh, was who was openly gay and this and this is all a true story he wouldn't back Harvey Milk because he's like well like for the best interest of the newspaper we have to back these other candidates that are helping the newspaper that are helping the corporate mm-hmm. interests of the company. And that's like an openly gay man that was going against, you know, Harvey Milk. There's a great scene when he shows up to the party after Harvey Milk's won mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> and Cleet Jones doesn't let him into, doesn't let him into the party. Like, uh, but that's, but that's, that's, that's the, that's the perfect example. It's just like, sometimes you don't know in the moment when you're, when you're on the verge of being on the right or wrong side of history. Right. It's mm-hmm. only, it's really, it's only through hindsight that you can that you can look back and say like hey man remember when you remember when you said that shit that was kind of fucked up wasn't yeah. it like it, you don't you can't like oh what's about to happen you just kind of just have to you kind of just have to place your bets and that's why what what i always tell people with um if I, so we're getting into it now i i had a, i had a, i had an i had an ex-boyfriend who had a very very religious family actually i think i even mentioned this in the movie my first boyfriend was sent to a was sent to a conversion center and his, you know, once he he came out of the conversion center straight, like or at least he, you know, thought he was straight. And one thing, you know, he would he would he would say he would say about his family is he said like he said like you know he's like my my family doesn't know any better because they're religious and and we we have to give them grace and understanding, helping them to understand this issue. And I said I said think about what you just said. Put yourself in like go let's go back sixty years or seventy years with the civil rights movement when black people couldn't vote. Now, would you looking back on that now, would you go back in time to those people that were against black people voting and having equal rights? Would you say to them like that, oh, we just had to give them grace and understanding with us? And you'd say, no, of course not. Like, look at look at what happened. Of course, like we've got a clear cut right and wrong. But in many ways, we're in that those same moments mm-hmm. today with those people that think the same things. And on one hand, it's on one hand, I really do think it's it's almost impossible to get those people to see you know, to, to kind of see the, the similarities between those moments in history and to be able to put themselves and say, am I in this moment in history? Like, do I want to be on the right side or the wrong side of history? But it, but it, in many ways, it's just like, it, it, you can't, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's I, uh, James, a, James, wrap it up. James, I'll, put a on that <laughs> a, I, I'll, I'll try to, to go somewhere with that. So, I mean, there's a certain amount of, um, Whenever you're looking at morality, um, it can sort of be subjective in a sense. But like, if you look at things um, that are obviously that wrong, like hello slavery, obviously wrong, you can talk to someone like those people that you you argue with about you know right and wrong or like being on the right side of history um, with like letting uh, trans people use the bathrooms that they want to use, things like that. They're, they're going to say, well, it's not the time. It's not, you know, they'll say things like slavery was okay back then. Uh, But we know that historically uh, they had contemporaries back then that were like, no, slavery is Mm -hmm. bad. You're on the wrong side of history. And they were. Um, But but you need enough. I think, I think the important thing is you need enough, you need enough people, you need enough people on board. Sometimes, sometimes, okay. I remember, I remember what I was going to say. It's sometimes it's impossible to get through to those single people. Those like, you know, it's like, you'll never convince, you'll never win over. Oh, was it that Harvey Milk said you, you, you'll never win over minds. You'll win over hearts. 
Like, yeah. you, you know, you can't, you can bombard people with facts all you want, but at the end of the day, you have to win over their hearts. And until you do that, it's, so you really just need to get enough people to really kind of force a sea change, which is what Harvey Milk did with, um, with prop six in the movies. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't win over, he didn't win over with facts. You know, he could have gone out there and said, well, one in one in three people's gay or, you know, or, or whatever. But what he did was he convinced enough people across the country to come out. It was national coming out day, which is also Cleve Jones's birthday. And so by enough people coming out, that just showed everyone who was about to vote on Prop 6 for this bill that was going to ban teacher or ban homosexual teachers and fire them. It just showed like enough people. You just get enough people to be like, oh, shit, my brother's sister's boyfriend is actually gay. You just get enough yeah. people mm-hmm. to know somebody who's gay. And then and then that's like th- that you've won you've won them over. Yeah, that and yeah. that was that was a, a beautiful move yeah. in the movie, and we it, we, we got there. We, yeah, <laughs> we got there. We got there, and yeah, uh, I was gonna bring that up. That yeah, it, him getting that um, really helped push the gay rights movement. Is because you know it, it's hard to put yourself in a situation in like a political leaning where you're not involved at all, and that's where the that's where I'm saying, James, like with the socioeconomic factor or your ethnicity and things like that. Like it's hard sometimes to be able to empathize and put yourself in those people's shoes um, whenever you're not involved in that community. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, if you didn't know a single person that was trans, how how would you feel about the issues? I mean, we would hope that if we didn't, that we would be able to, you know, empathize and put ourselves in those shoes and to be able to make informed decisions uh, like that. Um, but that's not necessarily always going to be the case, especially when you have issues like back then with the gay rights issues, uh, where you have a lot of people that grow up, especially in like the countryside and in the Bible Belt with uh, just strictly Christian upbringings where it's saying being gay is bad and hearing this proposition and not knowing that, you know, I know 10 different gay people that this will personally affect them. Whereas um, if you didn't know the gay people, your your only exposure was people telling you it was just like, you know, Christian was a lot of like uh, in small town rural areas, like the the Christian, the pastors and Christian newspapers, even pretty much pretty much the equivalent of misinformation. The misinformation that we have today mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. alive and well back then saying that all gays are pedophiles and that they're that, and that they're child molesters. And like literally, if that's the only thing that you think you're like, well, of course they can't be teachers. They're going to, you know, like, it's like it was really that narrow. You know, you didn't have the Internet. You didn't you couldn't just. You couldn't just Google somebody like you or it it was you just like you didn't know anybody that was gay. So you're relying on, you know, you're relying on your parents telling you like, oh, gay people are terrible people. It's a sin and and this and that. And so, of course, that's how you're going to vote. But then to turn on the TV and you see people like gay people talking on the news and you see them rioting in the streets and protesting and you see like, whoa, that's actually that's a thousand gay people on the TV. They don't look that bad. They're not molesting children. It was like people had to see it. Yeah. For the first mm-hmm. time, you know what I mean, and that's that. That's what why Prop Six was so important. Yeah. Any other notes, James? Yeah, I I do have one quick question for you, Chris. Uh, Shoot. Did your parents write your IMDb trivia? I I, I didn't even know that I have an IMDb <laughs> trivia. I I I don't even know what it what it is. Uh, would says. you like to know what it is? Yes, I would. Dropped out of high school. <laughs> Uh, is that all it says? That is your only trivia on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that? We need to know now. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> is this true? 
Yeah, yeah, that is that is true. All right, we can we can cite this podcast as clarification. Yeah, you can cite that on the Wikipedia. Wow, I didn't I didn't even know that. Thanks, Dad. I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming he submitted that. Wow. No, I uh, I did I, I did I didn't drop out actually. So I I had enough. My my grades were fine. It was like I had enough grades to get it. But this was the first year that our school did this thing where if you had too many absences, you you couldn't graduate. Oh. And yeah, because part of their, I think at the time, part of their funding was gotten from, um, was from attendance records. Mm -hmm. And so my grades were fine. Like I was like high seventies, low eighties. And, uh, I was just skipping school all the time. Cause I was like, I was off making movies and, you know, doing this and Hell that. Yeah. And so I, yeah, so I, I did not graduate never went back for it either. Hell Who yeah. And look at you exactly. now. And look at me now. I'm on the, this movie's gay podcast. <laughs> I'm not that's, being sarcastic. That's I'm happy. The real. Happy. That's the real. That's the real goal. I mean, if yeah. I wasn't a, uh, a host, I would absolutely like. Hello, get me on this goddamn podcast. You'd come on right? the show and be like, "Hey, uh, I have a question. Why is why are you just a straight person doing a single man <laughs> podcast about queer <laughs> films?" It's no, cool, it wouldn't I be a guess. Question, James, it, it would be me that, yelling at you. <laughs> it wouldn't. It just wouldn't be the same without James, though. It's such. It's such a good hook. It, that's it's like people talking about gay movies, but one of them straight. It's like I, I like. I love. I love the. I love the pitch. That I. I am not a podcast person. Uh, and literally, James and I worked together, and he was just like, "Hey, do you want to do a podcast?" And I was like, "No, I do not." And he was like, "Do you want to do a podcast?" And I was like, "No, not at all." And he's like, "But please, like a podcast." Yeah. I said, "No," and he's like, "Well, what if we do it on gay movies?" And I was like, "Fine, you fucking goddamn it, yes, yes, I will." Um, oh, I wouldn't. So that's, I how wouldn't it, that's how it happened. Awesome. All right. What, Next, uh, what else you got, James? <laughs> yeah, let me let me just go through some starred notes. Um, oh, okay, so. What what's her Anita Bryant? I did some research on her, and she got divorced from her husband, who was also like a rich man heir or whatever. And in a like report, he said someone said like, "Hey, do you blame the gays for your divorce?" And this is a quote. He said, "Blame gay people? I do. They stated their stated goal was to put her out of business and destroy her career. And that's what they did. It's unfair. She wanted to illegalize people. How is that fair? So uh, yeah, she, wanted, she literally wanted to strip rights away from people. So you know what? Like your career's ruined. Yeah. That's like eye for an eye. Anita Bryant. Get fucked, Nina. And then Get to fucked. make it more like uh, uh, the irony coming out of her mouth, everyone started boycotting the orange juice that, that she promoted. They dropped her. Then when she got divorced, the church, who she was a religious figure, she would perform at churches. They started shunning her because she was a divorced woman. And then... She was like, oh, I really want the church to just start recognizing divorced women and not demonize them. It's like, fuck <laughs> you. That's so funny. She was basically canceled. It was like it was like the, yeah. their version of uh, as, as <laughs> back then. I love that. Uh, also from the chat, uh, hit people guys said someone needs to get some new trivia. It sounds like maybe something about your favorite food or color. Uh, so there's, there's something for you, Chris. Uh, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to, I'm going to add on to the trivia because it'll say dropped out of high school and then it'll say did not go back. 
<laughs> every every year I'll add like a different little tidbit like that. It'll just be the worst. Braids were good. There. <laughs> was on the hit podcast. This movie's gay. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100 mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. yeah, that's the kind of trivia I yeah. want. The trivia. Yeah, James, rattle through the rest. Yes, go 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 go. go. Uh, very like now in hindsight. Harvey Milk was talking about like, oh, like bringing up like quotes from American history. And he brings up what is at the base of the Statue of Liberty. And he's like, and you can't change those words. And it's like, oh, brother, if he because the the Trump administration did. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, the, no. It, it's, oh, no. <laughs> it's bad. If only, uh, if only he knew. Yeah, it would have been real. Oh, man. Um, Dennis O'Hare plays the perfect real life villain, not like an over the top person. He uh, because, you know, like a American Horror Story in the first season, it, he's so good at being hateable, but not to the point where you're like, oh, just get him off screen. Like you're like, I want to hate this yeah. person. But you don't, or you, but you don't hate him. That's uh, yeah, because he's gay in real life. Mm-hmm. So, which is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> now nah, he's great. Um, yeah. I don't Leslie Jordan. That's Leslie Jordan. Uh, yeah, um, he's in American Horror Story and uh, Sorted Lives, right? Sorted Lives, yeah. Uh, there's a video that it's just uh, the I saw it recently and it made me laugh very hard. It's him like with a front facing phone and he's just goes, "I'm about to bust." And it's so <laughs> funny, guys. Look that video up. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. I have demoted myself, Corwin. You know this. I've demoted myself many times, and if these people and I've said like, "Hey, I'm gonna quit." I'll demote myself, whatever. If they were like, hey, we're not going to let you do, uh, do that. Just you can't have your job back. You're done. I'm not going to go in and shoot people. And the fact <laughs> that this bitch got <laughs> seven years for assassinating public figures and got yeah. out on, I guess, good behavior, only served five, is mind boggling. And you know his defense, the Twinkie defense? Yeah, I read that. That's so fucking stupid. Isn't that fucked? Isn't that fucked that that's like, I, I first heard of the Twinkie defense when it was like parodied in something, and I thought like it was a joke. But that the defense, like real lawyers, real lawyers in a court of law said that he had eaten too many Twinkies and junk food, that he was, that he was not in the right state of mind. And like that, that worked apparently. And then, well, I mean, it, he got off on good behavior, but then he killed himself two years later. So yeah. what does that tell you? <laughs> he's like hey this is when my sentence would have ended <laughs> yeah let's just do it now yeah he every single time i see him on screen every single time i watch this movie i am he makes me irrationally angry like i'm just so angry every time i see him no but he's so good like josh brolin yeah such a good job of uh like I, I actually think he's the best character in the i mean aside from like obviously Sean playing, playing, playing Harvey Milk is amazing. He won an Oscar for it. But like Josh Brolin, there was, I think Josh Brolin was, was nominated for um, Best Supporting. I could be wrong. But he should have been either way because he does such a good job of humanizing him. Like you hate him, but when he's talking, like you, you're not, like, you understand like, kind of where he's coming from. Like, and, and you kind of slowly see like, the gears turning that not, not everything's quite there for him you know, like, kind of towards the end of the movie. I just think like, he was so good. Also, I didn't know like the full story of this going in. But when I was like, I read it, like I saw in the synopsis that he is the one 
who murders Harvey Milk. So I was like, when it started, I was like, when does this, how does this break bad here? Yeah. They seem on okay terms. So. Well, he, yeah, 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 completely. And then when I teared up, I almost started crying at just the like simple no when he's about to be shot. But in the epilogue, when there's multiple like, and continues to do this to this day, because in most of these movies, we see that, you know, uh, died of AIDS or committed suicide, like these tragic things. And it was just very nice to see these people still at it and working to make things better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I teared up. Uh, I teared up twice, obviously once, once he's, uh, once he's shot, but also, also in the near the beginning when Harvey Milk gets a call from a young boy in Minnesota who's in the yes. wheelchair mm-hmm. and he says like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself tonight. And, and, and Harvey, you know, convinces him not to. And then he eventually get the kid eventually gets on a bus and ends to California and votes for him. That was like that, that hit me. It just hit me right in the feels. Cause it was just so like I, that, that kind of stuff happened all the time. I mean, it still does. And just, just seeing that was it's like, like, that's why that, that sequence just perfectly captures why what Harvey Milk was doing was so important for somebody to, to turn on the TV and just see somebody like them for the first time ever in their entire lives and know that they could go somewhere, that they could go to a place with all these other gay people and, and, and be themselves. And I will say the there's a bit of trivia in Summerland, which is actually true, about why San Francisco was, became the gay capital of the country. And that's because um, when they were serving in the military in Vietnam, if they were found out that they were gay, they would get a blue slip and they'd get sent home. They'd get basically deported and the closest port was San Francisco. So they'd get off the boat, but so many of them wouldn't want to go home because they had a piece of paper that said that they were that they were discharged from the military for being gay. They couldn't get home. They couldn't go home. So they stayed in San Francisco. So that's actually why there is that's actually why the, you know San Francisco became that that hub. And then of course through the movement, people are seeing this movement on the TV, everyone just flocked to San Francisco mm-hmm. from all over the country. Hell yeah. I remember that trivia and I love it. I that yeah. one of my favorite moments from from your movie. Um oh. I also tear like I teared up uh two times or three times and it's literally when we first have that phone call, same same spot, I, I tear up there. And then whenever it recalls and he calls later, I I that's oh, when yeah. the waterworks come. I'm like, hey, it's he like tears. It's yeah. like good tears though, right? Because you're like, yeah. he didn't kill yeah. himself. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then and then of course whenever he whenever Victor Garber gets shot and then and then Milk gets shot, I it's yeah, I'm just I'm a mess. That's also why I haven't watched it with James because, like, we were watching movies together, like at the same time, and oh, like, yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. cry with James. Yeah. You're fine watching borderline softcore pornography and eating out, <laughs> sitting on the same couch together. But well, oh. yeah, you don't cry. You don't cry when you're watching. <laughs> not that. gonna cry. So you do. Yeah. <laughs> you just feel very James uncomfortable. Sobbing. James did cry in front of me once, and I was like, "Do you hug?" Was it an hug? ugly cry? Was it an ugly? I'll bet it was an ugly cry. No, it was when Frank was diagnosed with cancer, and it wasn't. If you would have been around, like when we had to put him down, it would have. James, it was an ugly cry. It, it was, was an ugly cry, and I was very happy to give you a hug for it. Oh, okay. Uh, your guys' um, friendship is the glue that's holding this podcast together. I'd, I'd hope. So. Like, I think that's how all podcasts should be. Uh, it's friends talking. Then it's just kind yeah. of odd. 
Yeah. yeah. It's just two people that hate each other. Like, oh, I hate you so much. I mean, when are we doing the next yeah. episode? I uh, have heard some podcasts like that, but you know, like they're friends who just get on each other's nerves. Uh, yeah. It's usually like comedy podcasts that are like that. Like yeah. the Doughboys, if you've ever heard that, th- it's very much like that. Yeah. That'd be fun yeah. too. I, uh, so I have a question for you, Corwin. Yes. Where do you, uh, in regard in regards to the movie? Because it's a perfect this is a perfect chance to bring this up because I have some thoughts as well. And James, it, the question applies to the board. What what are your thoughts on straight actors playing gay roles? Because this is and the reason to bring it up in this is that Sean Penn does such an amazing job playing hard that I really feel like it is the perfect segue to this question, Corbin. What how what are your thoughts? So I've talked about this before. Um, I, my thoughts are stop doing it. Straight people stop doing it. Stop doing mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. The prom, irrationally angry. Hey, mm, hate it. Um, stop doing it. It is. It is twenty twenty one. You know, there are experiences that queer people have that straight people are not going to have. That I would rather see them acting. Um, also, the amount of opportunities for queer people are so much fewer. Uh, so there's no reason that you need to get a straight actor in there because there are plenty of queer actors. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, I want to be able to play any role. And it's like, yes, you you want to be able to play any role. That's what any actor wants to do. But should you? Should you yeah. play any role? That's- so then, so how do you, uh, if, if I may, yeah, with, with regards to like Sean, and again, this people have to remember this movie was made 13 years ago, 2008, shot in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very different time. But how, like, how, how, what are your feelings towards Sean Penn playing, uh, playing Harvey Milk? I mean, is it, do, uh, I guess, not to say like, what would your feelings be if, if that was happening now today, I think, but, but just like, like when you watch, when you watch the movie, Coroner, are, are you thinking like, oh, you know, a, a gay actor should have, should have played this role or like, where, where kind of, where do you stand on that in regards to Milk? Uh, in regards to Milk, it. I always I always look at something like, you know, it is a product of its time uh, in that sense that, you know, that was before we started moving into, you know, wanting more queer actors to play queer characters and things, not really having a lot of queer uh, characters on screen to begin with. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it would have been nice to have a queer man play Harvey Milk. It would have been nice to honor him in that sense especially because he is such a big gay activist. Uh, but I am, for the time itself, I'm more happy that the movie got made uh, yeah. than to be disappointed that it was a straight actor playing that part. That, that, that's how I feel as well. I, I, think, I think that, uh, I, you know, the importance of the movie being made and telling Harvey's story accurately. And, and, that, and just, through, just after talking with Cleve Jones, um, who basically said, like, it was the spitting image of Harvey Milk. Like it, it was like it, like sometimes he couldn't even look at him or talk to him. It was so hard for him mm-hmm. because Sean Penn did such a good job. And I think the importance of that and telling that story properly and doing Harvey justice, which which he obviously did, that outweighs this particular debate. Yeah. For for the time, I think there's there should be more nuance in the conversation. Like for example, like I'm not against. I'm I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it this way. I'm not against straight actors playing gay roles it depends on the there's more context is everything it depends on the role depends on the movie if it's Mm -hmm. just a money grab if it's just a money grab 
then that's that's bullshit. Like Scarlett Johansson wanted, you know, it's like they can only sell the movie with Scar- Scarlett Johansson. I think that's bullshit. Money should never <laughs> be an issue. <laughs> Literally right. hit people, guys, said it could have been worse. They could have hired Scarlett Johansson for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, yeah, I love that. I love, I love how now, yeah, she's the butt of, of all yeah. of those jokes. Deservedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally deservedly. Yeah. But what, so what, like recently, um, James Corden was nominated for the prom. The prom. Got it. The prom yeah. And, uh, and so I, I have an issue with it as most mm-hmm. people do, but not actually not because he was not because he was straight because so people are saying like, he, people are saying like he played oh. the role so over the top and so stereotypically, which is true. But like the problem is with is with the role like the part like it's it's this gay stereotype that like, it, it should not have been James Corden for like for starters but i think the pr- the problem is bigger than just whether the actor is gay or straight or bi do you, you know what i mean like i'm not a, i'm not against it like if it if it does br- if it does do the role justice and tells the story in a way that is actually that you know it, that that person is the only person for the job. Then then I, then I fully support it. But James Corden playing that role, like he should not have been nominated for it, just because it was a yeah. terrible role. Yeah, like, I. You know what I mean? The, I, the problem is the problem is bigger. Like the problem is with like the role was written poorly, and then getting a straight actor in that role just made it even worse. So specifically with that role, that role is it is a very stereotypical gay man, and it's like, you know. It's also telling a story that so many gay men have um, with be, you know, coming out and being ostracized and kicked out of home and all that stuff. And to have, you know, a straight guy go in there and be very flamboyant and like put a lisp on (laughs) and like all that stuff. It's like, this isn't authentic. It's not good. And you definitely shouldn't win anything for it. You shouldn't have taken the role, especially when you had, you had uh, uh, Andrew Reynolds right there, right there just right there he was right there he could have done that um or like literally anyone else um so yeah if i i would agree that you know um if the person if there's literally no other choice but like in what situation will we get in when the casting there is no other choice true yeah and if uh, i think uh, milk is definitely its own conversation just because of the time like i would like to like but with, with with the james corden example it's like Oh, if this if this is how the role is going to be written, like this stereotypical role, then yeah, get a gay guy in there because like there's an authenticity there that you're not going to get from James Corden. <laughs> not <laughs> like, at all. But again, but again, the problem is not just with you, you can't summarize the problem in gay character played by straight actor. The 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 problem actually comes before that with a poorly written character with like with a, yeah. with, a with a with a with a just a stereotype of a character. That's actually where I think the bigger issue that needs to be addressed is like, you know, like anything today, you can't just summarize it in a clickbait headline. You know what I mean? Like the, there's, 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 there's always going to be a bigger issue with that. But anyways, that's, that's kind of where I stand on it. Yeah. Oh, I want to yeah. say one quick, I've never seen this movie, yeah. but like if someone who is gay was playing that character, they could have then said like, Hey, uh, I think, I think yeah. this is stereotypical and it is a little <laughs> over the top. This doesn't uh, read right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, please. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. It's just the tears, the tears for me. Yep. Ugh. But yeah, uh, did you have any uh, final uh, notes and things, James or Chris? No, I think I'm, uh, I have everything that I needed to say, I think. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I, we, I, I don't want to like keep you too long, Chris. I, you're, you're busy. You're busy. You're, you're busy. Not, you're not, you're not, you're not keeping me. Don't worry. This is, this is my, <laughs> this is my life today. 
Hell yeah. I love it. Um, it absolutely has been amazing having you on here. And uh, if you're down, you 100% should be on future episodes. Like, perfect. I'd love to. I'm, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you guys uh, some some horror. If you guys look guys like gay horror movies, I'll give you yes. um, there's, yes, a few. there's a few that I produced. Like we kind of got into a gay horror movie trend happily yeah. so yeah it was good it was good we got one about we got one with lesbians and then one with uh one with two dudes just you know we went we went one end of the spectrum to the other hell yeah we, we definitely need more uh gay lesbian movies uh or wow uh lesbian horror movies <laughs> because like i we've done one two no we've done two two or three on the podcast uh and uh one of them is Jake's least favorite movie yes make a wish never- you can only find on DVD from, I guess, Blockbuster, and then uh, Knife Plus Heart. If you haven't seen that, Chris, watch it. It's a French horror movie. It is so fucking good. The Perfection. So that's the, wait, sorry. That's the good one. What's yes. the other one called so I, I know to avoid it? Make a, make a wish. wish. You probably can't make find it. You honestly. cannot find it. I'm not, I'm not going to try. <laughs> I just had to order it special on DVD. Uh, yeah. And then also The Perfection. That one, oh, yeah. yeah. That one, too. I've got, uh, I've got a, I've got another one. It's not it's not it's not gay themed at all. But we're just just to kind of add to your repertoire of horror movie knowledge with gay characters, it's called The Invitation, and it's a it's just a simple culty horror movie. Some shit goes down at a dinner party, but there's a gay yes. couple in the movie as main characters, like just cause. Like it's not there's it's not a big that it's not a big plot point. They're just like it's just a gay couple. Like there's it's a dinner party, right? So there's a bunch of different it's couples. A- one of them. Is gay. And which is just awesome. It's just like it's never talked about. It's just there, and that's I'm I'm a big fan of of that in movies. Mm-hmm. Like I like obviously the stories like the stories like Milk and Call Me by Your Name are very important stories to tell too. But I I want to see more movies that just have gay characters where they're not tropes, they're not stereotypes, and it's also not a big plot point. It's not about you know what I mean. It's not about the gay character coming out and struggling with their life. Again, important stories to tell. But the more we can just no- the more like normalized characters are in it where there's just gay characters just cause like that's you know, that's that's like the world I want to see like in the next in the next like five years. That's my ultimate goal with like, you know, having people watch queer film is that I want more. We want sword and sand movies or uh, sword totally. and sorcery movies and all those that just have gay yeah. characters. Like I just I just want gay people on the screen. And um, and that's why when we were yeah. doing like gay horror movies, we were like uh, or we were, we were like, well, yeah, like why can't why can't gay people die in horror movies, too? You know what I mean? We're like, how, like, <laughs> like, 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 we want to be in horror movies. So, like, that's we have very to much. Die the second to last, uh, and it must be a very tragic, heroic death. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think we touched pretty much like everything um, in the movie that I can think of. I felt real bad for for James Franco's character um, and yeah. Anne, who is in a few movies, and I can't remember her name. Uh, and the lesbian yeah just like at the end where they were going to the the um memorial just like no one's here and then they like see the like flood of candles at the castro and just like tears tears streaming down my face yeah so thank you so much for being here chris gotta have you again hell yeah uh very glad that you tweeted at us so that uh, i could tweet back and be like hello yes please (laughs) 
Well, I've I've had an awesome time. You guys are great. I'm so I'm so down to do this again. I'll uh, I'll send you some some awesome gay horror movies to hopefully yes. have on future episodes. And this is good. We co- we covered we covered lots. We covered like the some history, some politics. We covered some relevant issues, like all stuff that all stuff that's near and dear to my heart. So um, I could talk about this movie for hours. So thank you, thank you so much, guys. And I hope we can do it again. Hell yeah! What thank you got you, to plug? What you got to plug? Yeah, tell us, tell us thing. Like you can talk about your Instagram or Twitter or like oh, you yeah. know throw throw in all those <laughs> like your know, movies. Do say anything. Yeah. Yeah, you can find you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, Chris Ball, B A W L, and uh, we we actually do have a new gay horror movie out on Shutter. It's called Spiral. Um, it's very cool, very creepy. It's very culty as well. And that's all that's all I'll say about it. Check it out on Shutter. It's called Spiral, Hell and yeah. also Summerland. More importantly, definitely Summerland is Summerland's the fun movie you want it you want to see. If you you don't, you don't want to get you don't want to get creeped out all the time. You want a fun gay horror movie, fun for the whole family. It's called Summerland. You can rent it on iTunes, Amazon, and Google. Heck yeah. Also, uh, a last note, Dolly said, and Chris's shirt is so cool. So the floral relation, I, Aww, yes. thank you. Right? Uh, it's my podcast shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James has a podcast jacket. You've got a podcast shirt. Oh, my God. Ooh. Meant meant to be on here today. The plugs I've got. Follow me on Twitch. Uh, for those of you listening in the podcast and uh, Apple and all those places, uh, it's Twitch.tv/CoreWinning, um, and that's the same with my socials: Instagram, Twitter, all those things at CoreWinning. Uh, you know, it's the brand I've gone with. Let's go. Uh, and then if you uh, would like, uh, my theater company is doing things at Saltbox Theater Collective. Please follow them. I think it's just Saltbox Theater, actually. But yeah, Saltbox Theater Collective. Google them. Find them. Look at things they've done. And yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that, at This Movie's Gay. And those are my plugs. Hey guys, listen, find out information about my other podcasts such as Mostly Speaking Sentai, Hit It and Crit It, and What the Hellmouth over on MLMPod.com. And head over to our Patreon where we're doing exclusive podcasts such as Talking About Beyblade, Engage with Nicolas Cage, uh, The Toku Reading Corner, and The Podcast That Be. That's Patreon.com forward slash MLMPod. Gonna give a quick shout out to our $10 patrons. That's Steve F., Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour, Alex. Z, Orion, Kayla, Duo Grunfox, Tyler Wright, and Elliot W at Garlic Sunshine. And please listen to my music wherever music is found under Marsh Land Monster. That's three words. And you want to shout out our Patreon Patreon? Wait, Cor- I just did. Yes. You did all the $10 ones? Yeah, I, I, I literally just did that. He totally did. He totally wow. just did. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Oh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Um, sorry, I was I was just trying to put Chris's Instagram on the chat. Um, all right, uh, I I've been Corwin. I've been James. Chris Paul. Bye. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. bye. This has been a Marshland Media production, produced by James McCullum. For more content, please visit mlmpod.com. To support our network and have access to exclusive podcasts, head over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod and sign up today.